Welcome to Sports Unfolded, episode 12. Um, we're doing something a little different today. Uh, appreciate uh, Ron working with me. Uh, a little under the weather, felt it was the best thing for me to just stay away and not get you sick as well. Uh, not COVID oh, absolutely. Related. Not COVID related, so um, that's good news. Uh, let's start <laughs> off with our <laughs> let's start off with our leadoff story. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are in a standoff. Uh, Rodgers has stated that he will not play for the team next season. Rodgers will play for the Packers next. Hold. Uh, well. You, you hope that he's at least going to play this year. Uh, I'm not so sure it's going to be with Green Bay. I mean, there is time to still make a trade. Uh, he's not happy, though. He's not happy. No, and I know basically what they're saying is June 1st, um, it's less of a salary cap hit for the Packers. So I don't think we're going to see anything for at least another you know couple weeks. But, uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. As, as, as I was looking at his numbers, 190 games with the Green Bay Packers, second most in Packers history, uh, 126 wins, 63 losses, one tie, 51,000 yards, over 51,000 yards, 412 touchdowns, 89 interceptions. I mean, you got to think he's going to play for at least another four or five years, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's a little, it's a little odd. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, you know, he's a little hurt by, I think, the, the drafting of Love last season. Um, the fact that they haven't gotten an offensive player for him in, you know, the last 12 drafts that he's been in other than a quarterback in the first round. I mean, he's brought them to 21 playoff games, 12-9. and nine. He's got one Super Bowl title, nine-time Pro Bowler, three-time league MVP. He leads the Packers in every statistical – he's second in every statistical category – for the Green Bay Packers. So just think about the impact he's had on that organization. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand why they would they would risk what they know and you have top three quarterback in the league to to go on and mo move on from him and, and go with love and not knowing what you're going to really get. I mean, I, I don't understand this. I would take him for another four or five years over anything that they have right now, I think it's just a terrible, terrible um, move for Green Bay to make. I, I don't like it at all. Although, unless it comes to New England, then I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, they're really not going to get the, the payback um, that is going to be that same quality. They won one game away from the Super Bowl last season. Um, I honestly felt Aaron Rodgers lost that championship game for them last season. I really think. Uh, other than the coaching decision to kick a field goal versus going for a, you know, a, a tying score. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's never perfect. You know, you, you don't have like the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, but he's, he's certainly, I would think easily top 15 at least. Uh, I don't know. I just think, you know, the chances of of hitting the lottery again for for what the fourth time? Yeah, at least <laughs> a third. I mean, between Brett Favre, Brett Favre leads the team in all those categories, and then Aaron Rodgers right. is second. So you talk <laughs> about the last thirty years, you know, just what Green Bay's had from a quarterback standpoint, you don't see that. Right, and I, I think it would be a bad move to move on from him. Yeah. I have <laughs> to. Agree my, with you. 
you know, I can't, I can't, you know, understand, like, like, is, is love that good? <laughs> Sorry. Maybe I, I'm already I, sick. I don't, I don't think uh, they, they realize what, what's going on. I, I don't think love's ready for another. If you think about it, Aaron Rodgers sat for about four years before he actually even played. Um, he sat behind Brett Favre. So um, that seemed to be a great formula for them. <coughs> now, I'm, now I'm choking to death. Yeah. Which is uh, what Green Bay is doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the uh, some NBA news, uh, and uh, let's let's discuss the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and how concerned should the fans be about LeBron James' current state heading into the playoffs? So, if you think about it, LeBron James came back from that ankle injury. He uh, he tested it out. Uh, ended up re-injuring it. Uh, is going to sit again. Uh, you know, there's only a, f a handful of games left in the season. How concerned should they be? They should be very concerned, actually, because if they don't have LeBron James, they're going to lose in the first round. Yeah, so they, they, he's missed 22 games so far. Uh, they're 9-13 and 13 overall without him. If you think about it, he, lead, uh, he leads them in points. Uh, he's got almost eight rebounds and almost eight assists a game. How do you replace that? You, you don't. <laughs> you don't. Not at this point. No. I mean, if it was before trade deadline and you make a trade for a player that can put up those numbers, which there aren't many, especially being available, uh, you don't replace that. And and you kind of see this is like maybe the beginning of the end for LeBron. Like, I mean, it's now it's now glaring. This, this is the most games he's missed in any one season. Um, so, again, age factor, the amount of games and wear and tear on his body that he's had, it, it's possibly you could start to see the end of, of, of a, you know, a great career, a Hall of Fame career, but um, this this is a short tail sign that it, he might not be able to come back from these injuries as quickly or as easily as he did once in the past. I mean, I mean, you look at the minutes he's played, as you mentioned. Do you realize he's played two seasons in just playoffs? Crazy. <laughs> That's insane. He's played so much. There's a lot of miles. And I think it's, it's finally catching up to him and easily going into the Hall of Fame, obviously. But Yeah, without a doubt. But I think, that, I think his decline is, is here and now. Uh, so they're currently sixth in the West. They're only a game ahead of Portland for the seventh spot, which is the play-in game. And they're going to drop below Portland. And I looked at it. Their last uh, seven games here that they have left in the season, you're looking at the Clippers. They play Portland, which is obviously going to be a crucial game. Phoenix, New York, Houston, Indiana, and New Orleans. I only see one easy win out of that whole thing, and that's Houston. They could possibly lose every other game in that. Without LeBron, they could, and and but you you may see them, you know, in the nine ten spot, like that would be unbelievable, and it would yeah. certainly change the playoff look. Yeah, I mean, if, if you think about some of those bottom, uh, we could be seeing like the Lakers and the Warriors. Who would have expected that in the playoff game? Uh, and then that's that's a toss up in my book because you don't know you know if if somebody's just going to be dropping threes all game and knock the Lakers out. Yes, yeah, and we know who that someone is. Yeah, 
Yeah. So it, it's it's going to be an interesting uh, next uh, week or so for the Lakers and uh, Laker fans. I, I think they should be extremely concerned about their chances of repeating. Yeah, they should be concerned. Uh, it's it's going to be ugly if if they get bounced right away. And if they have a play-in game, that's one game. And if they still don't have LeBron James, they're going to be bounced. Yeah. No, I agree with you. So, speaking of probably getting bounced, uh, the Boston Celtics, <laughs> uh, I mean, we've talked about it on several <laughs> shows now. But uh, they're, they're tied for the seventh spot, 6-7. It's it's a dead heat with the Miami Heat. Um, yeah. And uh, they – would have to play in that playoff game. Uh, should we assume that, you know, overall, the way they've played all season, that this is basically a lost season for the Boston Celtics? I mean, just they're not going to the championship. So, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter, really. So, um, and for them, how the expectations are there for the team, it is a lost season. And, and they should actually be embarrassed where they are right now because there's no excuse there's no excuse like i don't want to hear from anybody that oh well all these injuries and stuff like that but play hard like I i'm sorry like somebody made a comment um on the game last night that oh well they come in and they play hard every night no they don't no they don't <laughs> They, they should be blowing out some of these teams yeah they got a big win yesterday but but they should like losing to Chicago and losing to all. The, come on, you gotta, you gotta just play. Like I don't want to see a crappy triple double. Like with uh, Tatum had the worst triple double in history. You know I don't want to see that. Like you, you turn the ball over more than you're scoring. Uh, that's terrible. It's yeah, terrible. Think, and that's what this team has given us every single week. They have two legitimate superstars. Um, I'd say top fifteen two top 15 players uh, in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You would expect that the rest of the guys, you know, Kemba Walker, I know he's on, you know, but they've had, they have quality played and impact and been able to at least be in the top four in the East. It's really baffling to me how they haven't been able to figure out this entire season. No. And, and the whole Kemba Walker thing like, how long is he going to be on every other game? I mean, this is ridiculous already. He's a pro athlete. He needs to get out there and play. Like, I, I'm sick of it. Like, how how do you even look in the mirror at yourselves as a team when you got guys just taking days off whenever they feel like it, it seems? And, and it makes no sense to me. And if you think about it with Kemba, uh, I think we're still locked in for another two years, and this is going to be a trend. Uh, you know, that knee is not healthy. Um, yeah. So next season, you're going to see the same exact thing. Uh, he'd be sitting, you know, in back-to-backs. So, I mean, what are they really gaining at this point with Kemba Walker? No. Uh, like, it, you know, look, if this team had any heart, they'd be, you know, at least fourth place. If it had any heart. So maybe, maybe they should give a call over to the Boston Bruins to see, you know, if somebody is available, maybe Patrice Bergeron can go over and play some games with them. You know, at least he'll give it an effort. How about uh, the last uh, few games remaining? They got Chicago, 
two with Miami. So you think about those two with Miami, they're back to back. Realistically, if they lose both of those, they're in the seventh seed. There is no. If they lose one of those, they're going to be in the seventh I mean, seed. They've got Cleveland, who uh, obviously they should be. Uh, but again, depends on what team shows up. Minnesota, who uh, honestly has started to play much better as of late. Uh, I think they've won six of the last nine or something to that effect. Um, so Minnesota is no pushover. Not that they're a, a great team, but again, depending on what Celtic team shows up. And then they ended off with the Knicks, who honestly, uh, we discussed last week, I still feel are, is one of those top contending teams to possibly win the East. Uh, I think Brooklyn's a mess right now. Yeah. Well, looking at the, the Celtic schedule, I mean, it's the easiest schedule in the league right now the rest of the way. Yes, you have New York Knicks, but, I mean, come on. Like, you have a cakewalk to your, to your playoff run. I yep. mean, this is this is what you dream of. This is the schedule you dream of when you need to get some wins. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, again, the only time, the only team that really that those two Miami games, but the other teams are losing records other than the Knicks. So, right. You know, there's three wins there, split with Miami, and then it depends on what you do against New York. But I, I don't. I, I just the fact <laughs> that they're a 500 ball club most of the time. Uh, just it's just amazing to me. I just don't understand what happened. What where they they went wrong. We we just can't figure it out. And if they don't if they don't make at least sixth place, it's their own fault because of the schedule that they have remaining. The, their season is in their hands. It's in their hands. And if they don't gut it out and come through, then it's on them. And then there should be a a, a house cleaning after it. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, I think it starts from the top. I think Danny Ainge needs. And to that's go. exactly where I'm talking. It starts yeah, I, right I, from the top. You yeah. clean house. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I think Brad Stevens, I think, has shown this season that he can't relate to these players, and he's not getting using what they're capable of. Uh, what about? Uh, let's move on to some NHL. I know you're excited, NHL. Boston Bruins. My hockey guy, Ron here, and his Boston Bruins. They've clinched a playoff berth and currently are the third seed in the East. So, again, as you discussed last week, a little different playoff scenario. The Edwards are playing each other first before they go in and and face other teams. Currently, they face the Washington Capitals in the first round if it began today. How good of a fit would that be for a first-round matchup for the Boston Bruins? I mean, if you look at the four teams in that division, they're, they're, there's no easy team. I mean, there really isn't. I mean, you're talking Washington, Pittsburgh, and the Islanders, and they're all solid teams. And if you if you expand out to the rest of the NHL, I mean, you're going to have four of, like, the top eight teams right there. I mean, that's, that's clear. So it isn't going to be a cakewalk, but – but – I think they are slightly better in, in in most areas of the game comparatively to those four teams. Now, does that translate to, you know, going to the final four of the <laughs> NHL? I don't know because there's a lot of factors that go into it. And if everybody stays healthy, and we know that's a big if – I think the Bruins can get there, and I think they, they've, they've got a winning record against Washington this year. So there's no reason why they can't get past Washington. 
So I, I think they will. I think Rask will step up to the challenge. I, I, I like the siege. I, I like Brandon Carlo is back. And I mean, you gotta you gotta give props to Krejci and Hall making that second line just unbelievable. And and Craig Smith as well. He's been lighting it up. And, and so they've got legitimately two top lines. And then, and then I don't know what happened with Coyle uh, last night or the night before, rather. Um, but if he's not injured, that third line is is definitely a, a solid line as well. So uh, as I did some breakdown, uh, the Boston Bruins are currently this season right now four and three against uh, the Caps uh, in yep. the regular season. Uh, if you look at the points for points against, the only thing that I notice it's glaring how much uh, the Capitals score. Uh, they got 181 goals uh, for against <laughs> uh, and again 155 against. Bees only have 156 goals against, so you can yeah. see that the Capitals can put the puck in the net. Boston also well, had you a got really Ovechkin, game. and you know, <laughs> yeah. and and then you go back to April 11th. Uh, the the Bees lost eight to one, um, so the 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 possibilities of having some really bad games against uh, the Capitals, which could be deflating in a playoff run, um, scam me a little bit. I, well, that eight that that game, I, I wiped that one off because they literally had no one on defense. Like they had one guy playing from their starting lineup from opening day on defense. So there was no there was no one there. <laughs> so. I mean, yes, it's eight goals, and there is no excuse, but I, I just chalked that up as, okay, that was one to throw out. And they ended up following that up with a big win against them anyway the next game. So so I'm not really worried about that. And plus, you know, the addition with Hall and Lazar and Riley, they have been outstanding, and I really don't think – Scoring is going to be an issue from here and out for the rest of the year for the Bruins. So think about this. If you take away that 8-1 loss, or even if you want to add that 8-1 loss, the the Bees have outscored the Caps 18-15 to 15 in those seven games. Right. So Boston's actually outscored them. Um, so you think defensively what they've been able to do against Washington, even with Ovechkin, who's one of the best uh, you know hockey players of all time, Oh, yeah. Well, they have a solid lineup. Don't get me wrong. Like, Washington is no slouch. I think Washington and Boston are actually the best two teams in the league. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're in for a, a treat of a, a series if that's the one that starts. Great, of course, Great first matchup, right? Yeah. Great first matchup. Yeah, that's what oh, it would be. It would be. So, interesting thing. May 11th, final game of the season at Washington. Yes. So if that's a playoff preview, um, you think about trying to make a statement. Oh, absolutely. Whichever team and how they win that game could possibly, uh, you know, make break the playoff series. Absolutely. And how about that? You play them last and then you have to play them in the first series. Yeah. That is going to be an all out war. I, and I think you Nothing discussed short of that. Yeah, I think you discussed a couple weeks ago just about playoff hockey and how exciting it is. It's really starting to look interesting. Um, I, I like this playoff setup. I, I hope they can. I do too. I love it. I think it's going to be really it. fun. 
Um, so if you're joining us, we're on Rhode Island Broadcasting. We're on every Friday night at 6 p.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Follow us on social media or at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter. And on Instagram on sports underscore unfolded. Normally we have a live studio audience uh, and we're in studio. We are doing something a little different. Uh, I am under the weather today. Uh, you probably can hear it in my voice, I'm sure. Um, but uh, normally we, we tape every Friday at 6 p.m. Um, and I promise you I'll be in studio next weekend. So looking forward to, to being back with my old uh, my old teammate here. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to it. It's been a little bit of chaos. You know, being here on a Thursday, it's kind of it feels a little funny, but, yeah, you know, a little different, a little different. Hopefully we get some viewerships out there uh, on Friday. Um, if you do chime in, ask us about joining the show. We'll let you know. We'll give you those details. Um, and then obviously any comments that you have, uh, we'll try to answer next week on, a, on on our show next week. All right. Major League Baseball. The Boston Red Sox continue to lead in the AL East with the New York Yankees beginning to surge. Uh, I know we had discussed this earlier about Boston and and New York. Uh, Boston's staying steady currently. I mean, it's early in the season. when You know, we're, what, a month in? But uh, New York, uh, the Yankees seem to have turned that corner, and uh, are, the bats are starting to come alive. Uh, what do you think? Uh, no, I don't think they hold on to it. I think they'll play well. Now I'm not saying they're not going to play well, um, but they're not going to hold on to the lead. Uh, the Yankees are just too good to stay where they are. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it, it, it's clear that, you know, they got off to a, a slow start. And we were talking about this uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. And, I mean, look, Yankees are going to finish first in that division. The Red Sox will get the wild card spot. You know, and whatever happens out in the other parts of of the league, that's what happens. I'm still I'm still sticking with the Angels. I'm still sticking with uh, Chicago, and and then I, I don't think it's going to be Houston that's going to come out of uh, the other wild card. But you know, I, it's the Red Sox will be there, but not hold on to the division. Yeah, New York's still only batting 223, and you think about the bats of starting to come yeah. out. Their ERA still at three. Um, you know, the pitching so, well. So they, they, the pitching has definitely at least kept them in games. And now that the bats are starting to come around, Stanton uh, looks like Stanton of the Florida Marlins days. Uh, so as a Yankee fan, I'm excited to see that because yeah, that's, I'm sure you are. That has. Hasn't, that that hasn't looked good. Uh, so hey, at least JD still leading the league in homers <laughs> so far. So I so think major league, major league Baseball blew this one though too. The first matchups June fourth for both these teams. I I don't understand why Major League Baseball would have waited, you know, two months before you're actually going to see a first Red Sox Yankees matchup. Uh, I actually think that might have been it might work to their benefit to be honest with you because the Yankees just haven't been playing well. So why not wait till the Yankees are back, you know, and then when it starts to mean something, now you're going to have these two teams play in, in a month from now, and it, it's all going to be meaningful, somewhat, you know, meaningful. Like, it, as, as meaningful as a, a midseason game can be. But it but is Red Sox-Yankees, yeah. and it's always meaningful. But I'm saying, like, if you think about just this rivalries in sports – which actually might be a good pick and roll someday. 
Um, yeah, that might be right. But I you like got that. the lake. You got the Lake of Celtics. You got Boston and New York. I mean, overall, I mean that. Regardless of how poorly or how good the teams are, that's always been one of those <laughs> rivalries. So you would think Major League Baseball would have waited two months before you actually get to see a matchup between the Yankees and and the Red Sox. I, I was just a little, I was a little surprised by that one. You know, it could have been it had a lot to do with like COVID and stuff like that. So they wanted to make sure that there would be fans in the stands for those matchups. I mean, not, I mean, no. when you look at point. it, that's money. Great point. No, you would not even thinking about that. You know, I was, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing fans in the stands and I, no, that's a great point. We may have more fans by then in, in, in stadiums and because they want to fill those stadiums up with, and, with Red Sox Yankee games. And you, and you know, those are big ticket games. Those, those tickets oh, are a lot more, a lot more than regular season tickets. Yeah, so I think that might be the real reason. <laughs> oh, that's a great point. No, I like that. Um, you mentioned the Angels, uh, and uh, real briefly, I know we we didn't discuss, but Albert Pujols, um, you know, they released him. Little surprise there. 41 years old. He's only batting like 198, I believe it was, with five home runs. You think about a, a, yeah. another Hall of Fame career. So, um, I was surprised at that. That's a big piece for them to, to lose. Um, you know, I mean, they still got probably the best player in baseball with Trout, but your prediction about those Angels now is not looking as good. Yeah, I mean, I still think they'll be okay. Um, I really it's, – it's mostly because I really don't like most of the teams in that division. Yeah. I, I really don't. Like, I wasn't sold on Houston at all, but, you know, I mean – I don't. What they, you have Oakland and Seattle? Yeah. They're not gonna. They're not gonna win anything. Maybe. Maybe one of those teams might pull out a wild card, but I don't know. Did you I don't happen like to really see, the West at all? Yeah. Did you happen to see the fans in New York with uh, and during the Astros game and how they? <laughs> um, I, I know you're not a Yankee fan, but I, I know knowing you well enough, you appreciated. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know what? This one I'll give Yankee fans props to <laughs> because yeah, was, absolutely deserved it. Yeah, I love that. The trash can references were, were absolutely. phenomenal. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that, was, that was nice to see, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's, and, and you know what? The funny thing is, if you think about how Houston got out of this with COVID and not having fans in the stands last season – yeah, they're hearing it now. You know, a lot of fans were, were definitely waiting for those opportunities to make sure yeah. they let them know that they were – And this they is why I was it. upset with the Sox bringing back Cora. Yeah. It's, you know, there was no need for it. No. Yeah. We, we discussed that before in previous shows as well. And, you know, just the fact that – how do you really understand or, or you know, trust the fact that it's not going to happen again? It's right. pretty interesting. Right. And it will. It will. Well, NFL news. Uh, we discussed uh, last week the uh, first round of the draft. Um, now that the draft's completed, um, which teams do you think you felt uh, were the biggest winners and maybe the biggest losers in the NFL draft? Well, I, I would have to say Chicago is definitely the biggest winner because where they drafted and who they got. You love Fields. You know, you love Fields. I, I do. I, I think he's going to be a great. I think he's going to be the best of the class. That's and, and Chicago wins like that. That wins, and and like I said last week, I think the Jets lose 
because I do not like Wilson. <laughs> I think he's going to be the biggest bust. So, and Cincinnati, I think, lost too because, yes. Yes. you know, I I, they should have gone offensive line. You know, they already had a receiver, yeah. you know, yeah. for Burroughs, and they didn't need, they needed a lineman first. Yeah. A top quality lineman. Um, I liked Miami. I thought Miami did a great job. Uh, two first round draft picks uh, with Jalen yes. Waddle and uh, Javon Holland. And I think they're both going to be starters. If you think about where Miami was yeah. last season, uh, you know, they went 10 and six. They sh should have made the playoffs. They choked in the last game of the year. Um, they've they've got a playmaker now um, to help Tua out. I loved. Right. And I, I don't think, again, it's not overall about the player itself, but I loved what the New York Giants did. I mean, I liked uh, Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver they got in the second round, because I think they need an, another playmaker. But you think about they picked up three picks next season, and I uh, another one, it's a first-round pick. So they're going to yeah. have first-round draft picks next season in a weak division. Like they, They're going to make a push for the division. They're gonna, they might win this. I mean, I mean what Washington <laughs> win last year with six wins? I know. So, I, I mean, I could see the, the New York Giants being a 10-win team. I, I absolutely agree with that. And, you know, it's like, first of all, you got to wonder what's going to happen with Dallas. I mean, I, are they going to even stay healthy on offense, let alone defense? I mean – I'm not. I'm not sure Dak will make it through a season. Yeah. I'm not I mean, sure. Dallas, Dallas has the most talent, and every year it just seems like they're the one team that you know just can't get through over the hurdle. Um, nope. Washington didn't pick up enough offensive help, I believe, to to make nope. a difference. I mean, defensively they're they're stout, but uh, I think uh, Philadelphia is going to be horrible. Just a train wreck. Yeah, that, I don't. I don't see them winning more than four to five games. Yeah, the, the Giants should win this division, and I think uh, again they prepare themselves yeah. for next season. It all hinges on uh, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is going to be the key. What kind of quarterback? Hey. He, he, this is his third year. This is that that important third year for him. Yeah, like if he makes even a small improvement from last season, I mean, a and small Cam improvement Newton. is a couple of wins. Cam Newton, small improvement. You don't want to go on. You don't want to get into that one. Uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. The LA Chargers, I thought was winner, winners as well. I mean, I like the offensive pickup. Uh, Santi Sham, Samuel Jr., Patriots, uh, former Patriot player's son. Uh, Look, if he's if he's half as talented, as they get a star. Was, yeah. So you know, two really good, good, solid players. I think they're both going to be starters as well, uh, coming right out of you know day one. I didn't like the San Francisco 49ers pick with Trey Lance. You nope. moved up. You you lose two first-round draft picks. You get a player that is probably going to have to sit at least a year to two years before they, that he's ready. Question marks with Jimmy G after next season. Yeah, but that's the thing. Not to mention how disgruntled they make a quarterback that they do have. Like – Look, first of all, they chose the wrong quarterback. Like, I I would have rather had Mac Jones over him. But Fields was the guy that they should have drafted. They should have drafted him, and they made a big mistake. Now they have a quarterback problem. You know, what, what do they say? If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> like this is what's going to happen with them. And Jimmy G is eventually going to move on because he doesn't want to be there now. Like he got discarded. And, and Trey it, Lance is going to come in. He's not going to do it. Yeah, And they're not the same type of quarterback. So no. from that standpoint, I, I look at it and say, okay, well, Jimmy G – can move out of the pocket, but he's not hes not one of those, you know, Patrick Mahomes type of players. Trey Lance is compared more to a Patrick Mahomes type player. So yeah. you're, you're going to change your offense, gear everything. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I, I, I didn't like that move. And the fact that you lose the two draft picks for a player that you're not even going to plan on playing this season doesn't didn't make sense to me. Nope. nope. Um, I, Seattle, um, I thought was a big lose. Two draft picks the whole draft. They picked yeah, up Jamal Adams last dreadful. season. Right? You dreadful. Get, yeah, you get Jamal Adams last season, um, who's, a, 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 you know, a legitimate player. Uh, you know, he's a superstar. But if you think about the fact that they haven't re-signed him, so they don't even know if they're going to keep Jamal Adams. He was hurt last season. You only have two draft picks this season. Russell Wilson is starting to become that Aaron Rodgers type scenario. Um, I think Seattle, Seattle's in for a world of hurt this season. Yeah, I... <laughs> Seattle, with only two draft picks, like when you have a draft, if you have one Pro Bowl caliber player in a draft, that is fantastic. But you're talking a bunch of players that you're drafting and you have a lot of chances to hit. They have two shots at hitting. What's the chances of one of those players becoming a Pro Bowl player? Yeah, and again, they weren't first round draft picks. I mean, they, they they had traded the draft picks to the to the Jets. The Jets picked up that offensive lineman with the second pick. Yeah, um, that was and, great too. And you know what? You know who could have used an offensive lineman? Mm. The Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. So yeah, um, you know, I I think they blew it. Um, I didn't like the Raiders as well. I thought they made a stretch at one, and a lot of the players that they picked afterwards weren't very impressive. Um, I I just I just don't understand what that organization was thinking as well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, you if you if you look at some of these teams out there, you wonder how they they even stay competitive with some of the things that they do. And Seattle, of course, like you said, is one of them. Like, like how how much of an effect is that going to cause? Like three years from now, when you had really nobody in this draft, because that that decimates, you know, your depth. And they're not going to have anything. They're not going to have anything. You're looking at, you know, two players that you hope that fills in spots. And then where do you go from there? So you just eliminated at least four or five more players that you should be drafting. Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, Interesting point. There's been no Chicago Bears quarterback that's thrown for over 4,000 yards, and I know how you feel about Fields. Do you think Fields finally bucks that trend and, and honestly makes them uh, – turns into one of those quarterbacks that the Chicago Bears has, have never had? Oh, do I think he'll – he'll he will eventually do that, but I think this team, you know, is still defensively, you know, built – and if they run the ball and keep fields protected, I don't. It doesn't matter if he throws four thousand yards. Uh, if he can put up three thousand and keep those interceptions down, and, and, and 
you know, I think I think Chicago can make some noise. You know, I think he's a I think he's a talented player that he can he can lead the team. You know, to he could possibly bring him to the playoffs this year. Uh, I mean, it's gotta, a definite upgrade. You, you got to remember, he's got to beat out Andy Dalton first, though. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, sure. we ran a <laughs> we ran a Twitter poll. Um, which uh, rookie quarterback drafted in the first round, other than Mac Jones, uh, would make the biggest impact? We got 58 votes, so I was kind of excited to see that was one of our most nice. uh, highest participation. Um, but Trevor Lawrence won in the landslide. 72% say that uh, Trevor Lawrence would be the uh, is going to have the biggest impact. Coming in second though was Fields at 17%. That's the guy right there. So um, you know, even the fans out there, the NFL fans feel like you know uh, Fields is definitely of the four quarterbacks, uh, at least the second best see, quarterback that was out there. See, there's a thing, you know, like the biggest impact. Biggest impact doesn't necessarily mean the biggest stats. Yeah. Like Trevor Lawrence will probably have the most yards, you know, maybe the most touchdowns, but he's not going to make the biggest impact. The biggest impact is going to be Fields in Chicago because they have a shot at making the playoffs. You know, Lawrence is not making the playoffs this year. I mean, but the Jags won, what, three games last year? I mean, yeah. if he wins six, I mean, yeah. that's pretty impressive. It is. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying, impact-wise, yeah. I think Fields will make the biggest impact. No, I agree. I agree. No, I think yeah, I think you have a good point there. And uh, you think about Chicago's defense. I mean, that that's that defense is good enough to, as long as you don't make mistakes, they can definitely win some games. Favorite time of the show, Ron. Oh, pick and roll. Pick and pick roll, and baby. Roll. Pick and roll, my man. Pick and roll. Nice. So. We've done a lot of pick and rolls uh, on this show. This one is our first worst of. So, we do the best Let's of. Let's go Jets. Let's go Jets. J-E-T-S, right? Um, so, of the first round quarterbacks that they drafted, so obviously they drafted uh, Zach Wilson in the first round. We're not counting him because he hasn't, you know, suited up yet and thrown a single Still pass in the NFL. Um. Which of the quarterbacks that they've drafted in their franchise's history have been has been the worst? So from five to one, five being the best of the worst, one being the worst quarterback. Uh, and our candidates are wait, Richard oh wait, Todd. wait, wait. So the worst quarterback should be number one. Yes. Oh, okay. I got to reverse then. Reverse. Yeah, you got to reverse. Who's the number one worst quarterback? All right. So. Uh, of those uh, quarterbacks, we are looking at Richard Todd, Ken O'Brien, Chad Pennington, Mark Sanchez, and Sam Darnold. I went first last week, my friend. Your pick and roll. Hit All me. right. I'm loving this. At number five, I have Mark Sanchez. Yes, Mark Sanchez. Ba -ba -ba. He wow. had a winning record. He had wow. a winning record. You are you blowing my mind away right now. He he was 33 and 29. I think he was the best borderline, borderline best of the worst. Wow. I am I am, so I, am. I would take I would take Mark Sanchez over any of these others. I I uh, but it's I, only it's only a slim margin over Chad Pennington. I, I pray our fans are voting in on this one because that, that one blows my mind, my friend. 
<laughs> so Chad Pennington, I have at number four. Okay. Um, again, he had one less win than Mark Sanchez, but I mean, I gave the butt fumble. You know, I, I felt a little bad for Mark Sanchez, so I made him, you know, get a little higher than Chad Pennington because of the butt fumble. I felt bad okay. for him. Okay. So um, number three, I have Ken O'Brien. So 50 and 55 with one tie. Yeah. <laughs> Played nine yeah. seasons. He did have 124 touchdowns. He did. And twice he had 25. So, I mean, that's pretty decent. You know, if it wasn't for his win total, I would have put him, you know, higher. But he had a losing record. So that's okay. it. Oh, I, I um, see. Number two, I have Richard Todd. So Richard Tard, again, nine games under 500, 42 and 51 with one tie. One tie. Uh, had, he had 110 touchdowns with 25 in one season. You know, that one season was a good year, but, you know, not good overall. Like most of these quarterbacks were really not good overall. <laughs> um, but number one, I had to put Sam Darnold because he was just absolute train wreck for this team. And I'm not saying it's his fault. I still think he could end up being a good quarterback. But for the Jets, he was horrible, 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 horrible. And it and it all has to do with coaching and what you have put around him, which was basically nothing. No, I hey man, that was uh, some good points. Uh, we see things a lot differently. I'm sure we do. <laughs> so uh, as usual, our pick and rolls, this is pretty fun because it's funny how we both look at things a little differently. Um, at number five, I had Ken O'Brien. Um, so again, I, I your record, you spoke of the record 50, 55, and one. Almost, uh, he threw over 24,000 yards, yeah. 124 touchdowns. So out of all these quarterbacks, had the most touchdowns. 95 interceptions, second worst, though. Uh but 106 games, 0-2 in the playoffs. In the playoffs, he had two touchdowns receptions. I love these numbers. I'm sorry. I have to. But he was a two-time Pro Bowler. So if you think of all the four guys, he's the only guy that was a Pro Bowler. <laughs> Put him to the top. It's sad. It's sad. We, we, <coughs> we agree. Chad Pennington, at four, I agreed with you there. Did have a winning record, so 32-29. and 29. Um, 82 touchdowns, 55 interceptions. So you think through 61 games, not bad. Two and three in the playoffs. So seven touchdowns, four interceptions. He was the 2006 comeback player of the year. Gave him a notch for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the man came back from an injury, played well. And yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> if, if as I was doing this, I said, if any of these were New England Patriots quarterbacks, I probably wouldn't be a fan right now. Probably anyway, not. At number three, I put Sam Darnold. And the only reason why I put Sam Darnold at three is because I think he was in a great area of – he just hasn't played enough. He was 13 and 25. He was 45 and – 45 touch, 39 interceptions. But he only Oof. played in 38 games. I don't think we had enough of a sample that bad where he's the worst. Um, I You know, give it another – if you look at of all the guys <laughs> – Those numbers are that, bad. Almost every guy, though, that we, we we looked at double the amount of games. 
So I kind of gave yeah. him a break on that and saying, look, if he, you know, give me another 30 games and if he would be by far the worst. So I would give him one if he played 30 more games with the same kind of record. At number two, I put Mark Sanchez. Yes, he had a winning record, threw for 12,000 yards, 68, six, 68 touchdowns, 69 interceptions. Not very good. Uh, no. Four and two in the playoffs, nine touchdowns, three interceptions. Not bad numbers. Four and two but in if, the playoffs. <laughs> four if, and two. If, if you think about this, though, those those teams were competitive and challenging. Um, I think he went to the AFC Championship one year and somehow couldn't do enough. Um, he had probably more talent than most of these other guys did and for some reason just couldn't win. My number one. For some reason, the reason is the the Jets. <laughs> exactly. <coughs> My number one was Richard Todd. Forty-two and fifty-one, like you said, with the one tie, eighteen thousand yards. How about this? One hundred ten touchdowns, one hundred thirty-eight interceptions. That's pretty impressive. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Played ninety-four games for the Jets. He went two and two in the playoffs. So you say that's not bad. He had four touchdowns and 12 interceptions in the playoffs. <laughs> hey, he was my number two, so we were far yeah, so off. <laughs> I, I'm just um, – as as this was fun, the best of the worst, but I feel for Jets it's fans. Bad. I feel for Jets fans. I mean, this was this, – Like, this why – okay, my question is why are there still Jets fans? Like I don't understand why there's, people are rooting for this team. There's 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 souls out there that are just waiting for a glimmer of hope. So you become a Jets fan, and then you just for the rest of your life you wait. Yeah, they've been waiting a long, long, <laughs> long time. Quality and quarterbacks there. If if my prediction is true. They will be waiting for a long time still. So, so Zach Wilson might be on this list next year at some point for us. Yeah, he's going to be. He's going to be. So if you're joining us, we are on Rhode Island Broadcasting. Uh, we're on every Friday night on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, follow us on social media, at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter. And on Instagram, on Sports underscore Unfolded. So... Uh, we are going to go into our face-off. And this is going to be interesting how we're going to pick this because I don't know how we pick this, excuse me. Um, our face-off is going to be Bill Belichick has stated that Cam Newton will be the team's starting quarterback. Is this a move you're for or is this a move you're against? I'm going to let you pick which one you want to argue since you say you always get the one that you don't want. Well, why don't we just go with what we both want? Because you are going to say yes, and I am going to say no. <laughs> so, okay, you know, I'm actually I mean, I'm actually against it, but I uh, that's fine. Oh, okay, all right. But so we can, then we, I'll take I'll take four. You're for I'll it. Take okay, four. that's fine. All right. Um, whenever you're ready, let me know. Wait, wait. I went first last time. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm first. All right, so I am against this move. Um, and I'm going to start and right now. So basically, um, Bill Belichick has always been a coach that I've respected where um, every position is 
up for grabs. Every position is one that you compete for, one that, uh, you know, is an open competition. There is no one player. Even when Tom was there, um, you would always hear about how he would kind of make sure that Tom even knew that, look, anybody could take your job at any given time. Naming Cam Newton after drafting a quarterback in the first round, basically telling me that you're already assuming that Cam Newton is better than Mac Jones. And I'm not saying Mac Jones is better. I'm saying let it be an open competition. Let the, you know, chips fall where they may. Uh, this was a different move for Bill Belichick. I know we've had a crazy offseason, things he's never done in the past. But I can't recall ever him naming a starting position any time. Um, other than when it was game day and he was writing it on a piece of paper. So this move surprised me. I didn't like it. I'm not saying Cam won't be the starting quarterback or shouldn't be the starting quarterback. What I'm saying is I didn't like the fact that he named him the starting quarterback before they even took the practice field uh, for training camp. So um, that baffled me. That's time. Very nice. All right. You are for it. So whenever you are ready. I know you're not ready. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. All right, ready and go. So naming the quarterback, Cam Newton, actually does create competition because it tells those guys that are sitting on the bench saying, you need to do something to take the job from him. So, of course, we have Stidham and we have Mac Jones. Now, they both think that, they're on the outs because of this. So now they're going to come into camp. They're going to come into camp wanting yet more because they know they have to make an impression. So especially Stidham. Stidham needs this. If he doesn't take the job from Cam Newton, he's out of a job and out of the league. And here we go, Calgary Stampede. <laughs> you know? Matt Jones is thinking, all right, well, I'm going to be redshirt, so I need to do something to put me in the mix. And he's going to come out, and he's going to study, and he's going to come out and try to play and beat out Cam Newton. Cam Newton is being that's, the tool right here. That's time. Um, that was a great argument. Um, you know what? I didn't look at it that way. I think, I think yeah, you won that one. I think the fans will say you won that one. I, I, I concede on that one. That was a very good argument. Great job. Yeah, thank you. Great job. Hey, I'll give you one finally. You know, I, I was surprised that he named him the quarterback too as well. Yeah, I it, mean, it just it just it's so out of character for him. Like I've yeah, never I, seen I him think do maybe that. he's hoping that that triggers triggers Cam Newton saying, Okay, now I can just focus and play the game while the other two have to, you know, really take that job. Because they, they have to be the ones to impress and take the job away. I, I agree. Jared Stidham's the, the odd man out at this point. Um, yeah, I, I can't see how he He's got he a tough camp. This. Yeah, he's, he's, he's done. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, um, no, I, I don't see him there. So, uh, great face-off, um, as usual. Um, you know, you made some uh, really good points. Got my game That's today. You are. You're top of your game, my man. That, that was some really good. I couldn't even – I didn't even think of that argument. Um, let's move on to predictions. Uh, so, last last week you won. Uh, you went 2-1. and one. Not bad. Uh, it all came down to the game last night with the uh, Golden Knights in the wild. 
and uh, Golden Knights pulled it out. So they got lucky, three to two. Isn't that the one I kind of talked you into going to watch? It was a yeah. It was a close game. <laughs> I got. I came. I came in close. It was close. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, this week we're looking at the uh, the Lightning at the Panthers, and that's on May eighth. Yeah, I mean, you get these teams rolling into the playoffs, and um, I mean, the Lightning are the Lightning, but Florida is playing pretty well this year. And, you know, they have something to prove because we're looking at the Lightning, Carolina, and Florida are the teams. So I'm going to go Florida. Uh, I'm going to agree. Florida's at home. Um, the, the records are almost similar. I think the Lightning are only a game or two ahead of them uh, in the win column. Um, and I, I just think at home, to your point, playoffs coming up, I think that, you know, they're going to try to, you know, in front of the home fans. I have to do it to you again, as usual. Right. May it's 10th, Island is at the Bruins. I mean, I know the Bruins have uh, broken that streak now uh, of, of not being able to beat them, and they beat them a few times. Uh, yeah. But I, I just – I know you love picking this game every time that they've played. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the Bruins were going to keep that going because they still have something to play for. Um, I'm getting an echo all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> But I think the Bruins do take the game because they still have something to prove because they are, they still want to get that top seed. I'm going to go Islanders. Islanders yeah, I'm going to go Islanders because of the fact that they are struggling and uh, they're 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 definitely in that play that playoff mix of of, of not making it. Um, so I think they got they're going to fight a little harder and, and have to come out and show that uh, they're a better team than the Bruins if they want to stay in this playoff race. How about on May 7th, we got the Nuggets at the Jazz. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Jazz on this one. I, I think the Jazz just have a, a, a better thing going right now than what Denver has. And uh, I think they're just going to – I think it's not even going to be close, to be honest with you. Denver blew out. I don't even know who they played last night. Jokic had 24 points in the first yeah. yeah. I think the Nuggets are starting to, to really prove that uh, – they, I mean, they're the third seed. Uh, the Jazz – yeah, I've slipped a little bit. Um, I like the Nuggets in this matchup. I just think that Jokic is uh, – he, he's, he's fighting for MVP now at this point. And he needs he needs some wins against some quality. Luca. Luca. Uh, on May 11th, the Knicks at the Lakers. Uh, let me see. What's the date today? <laughs> today is the uh, Six. sixth. Five so days. five days – um, I don't see LeBron coming back for that. Um, I think it's going to be the Knicks, and I think it, it could be ugly at times. Uh, I just think they're just going to pound away on, on the Lakers, and they're not going to have any ability to stop them, I don't think. I'm going I'm going Lakers. Uh, Knicks are on the West Coast trip. Um, AD is back. Um, I think AD is going to have one of those. AD games. Yeah, he probably – maybe. Uh, 
But I, I just think uh, the Knicks, uh, as good as they've been, uh, they lost again. They lost last night and they lost ugly. Um, and it was just, I think this West Coast trip might be a reality check for them. Uh, of, of you know, before they go back to the East Coast, it would be good for the for the Celtics, you know, if they they flounder. Yeah. But I don't I don't see it happening. And we, we need we need Miami to tank right now. That's the only shot the the Celtics have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, watch out for those those Washington. Uh, um, I almost said bullets. <laughs> the Wizards. <laughs> uh, made fun of my, uh, you know, San Diego Chargers. Yeah, see, yeah. I haven't been the bullets in how long? Holy cow! <laughs> yeah, Washington. <laughs> well. Washington Wizards are yeah, definitely. I mean, it's crazy that the fact that they're in the playoffs right now. Yeah, I, I still can't believe the way they started. And the interesting stat, do you realize, and I know I'm going off topic here, but Bradley Beal, any game that he scored 40 points or more, the team in his in, in his career is 7-22. and 22. How's that possible? You got a guy that drops 40-plus and somehow can't win. A, I mean, 7-22, and 22, it's not even close. I mean, I, that, that stat blew my mind. All right. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the show today. Um, if you're joining us next week, uh, we will be on at uh, 6 p.m. on Friday at the Dr. Fix-It Complex. If you'd like to join us live, please, uh, you know, reach out to the show and we'll let you know details on how to do that next week. Uh, really excited about discussing uh, NHL hockey playoffs and NBA playoffs. Uh, both both will be uh, just right around the corner and we'll probably have some matchups so we'll be able to discuss uh, who we're picking on these matchups and where we're going from there. If you haven't watched the show before, uh, what we do to end our show is our final thought. Our final thought can be on anything that uh, not necessarily sports really something that's going on in the world. Uh, I went first last week, so you're going first this week, Ron? Or is it vice versa, right? Correct? Yeah, I can go first. Uh, I, that's fine. All um, right, your final thought. You know... Wilson. So I gotta say, Washington Capitals still employ this guy as he not only did he like cross check somebody's face into the ice, <laughs> gets up and then tack basically tackles Panarin, drives his head into the ice, and you know, just punching him in the back of the head and 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 all that stuff from a guy that has been suspended time after time after time and only got a fine for this. He could have seriously injured two players on the same the same basic incident. Two. And one of them is the face of a franchise. And how many times is it going to take for the NHL to come down hard on this guy. Like, yeah, you can say a lot about a bunch of players in the league, and Marshawn is one of them. You know, you know his antics, yeah, he licks somebody's face. That isn't as bad as pounding somebody's face into the ice yeah. or purposely trying to give an elbow up into the head. You know, it's a little different. He's a dirty player, doesn't belong in the NHL. He hasn't cleaned up his act and he needs to go. Yeah. No, I, I saw the highlights of that. Uh, what is it, over 100 penalty minutes 
Yeah. Like right, uh, right in the first, <laughs> the first period. It was, like, awful. It was uh, unbelievable. Just uh, not a good look for any, the NHL. No. Uh, my final thought is um, just about the Aaron Rodgers situation and being a Patriot fan and knowing losing Tom Brady, uh, how difficult it can be for, you know, fans. Uh, if you can't see behind me, I, I've been a Patriot fan for a long time. Um, having to see Tom in a different uniform. Uh, yeah, the Call of Duty. Yeah, the Halo. Uh, but if if we're looking at how this is going to turn out, he's going to win. I don't – you know, there will be a franchise that gets Aaron Rodgers. You know, I'm sure the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are ecstatic. They got Tom Brady and won a Super Bowl. But after that, if you look at how a Patriot fan has to look at it and what we're trying to go through now, um, the organization's going through, uh, it's not it's not a fun time. Green Bay, if you're smart, you're going to try to figure this out. Um, keep Aaron Rodgers for the next four to five years uh, because it's not going to turn out the way you want it to. Uh, and I think some of the teams that they're even discussing Aaron Rodgers going to, I can't see Denver Broncos getting him to a Super Bowl. So um, I don't think he'll be happy with his decision after the, at the end of the day. And the fans are the ones that ultimately are going to pay the price. But um, well, hopefully it turns out differently, but it's not looking good. Thank you for joining us on Rhode Island Broadcasting. We're on every Friday night at 6 p.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Social media at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter. And on Instagram on sports underscore unfolded. Uh, it's been a great show. Been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for uh, dealing with me and my illness today. I appreciate it. That's that. all good. Uh, but uh, I'll see you next week in studio. We'll make sure we knock it out of the park. Absolutely. All right. Everybody take fans, care. Fans out there, take care. Thank you. Have a good night.